Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. Well, there it is, Brad. Another great hit from the 1980s, White Snake. Here I go, again on my own, going down that lonely road. Boom, right there. Boom. The only road you've ever known, my friend. White Snake, great band, David Coverdale. I'll tell you Love what. The guy. I'll tell you what, some really good videos. And the reason we're leading with that this week, tragedy is struck. We go right into the RIP report. Tawny Katane, a pinup star of the 1980s, star of that White Snake video, left us all too soon. Uh, Brad, what's your greatest Tawny Katane memory? She was in Weird Science, right? Wasn't she in Weird Science? She was good in it. I think that's my favorite Tawny Katane memory. Okay, I think you're getting a little bit away from the uh, uh, the Tony Contain uh, R.I.P. report because, of course, that was Kelly LeBrock uh, in Weird Science, soon to be the wife of the great Steven Seagal. Well, if Tony Contain had been in that movie, she would have been better than Kelly LeBrock. 1980s pinup star, right? Along with yep. the great he- the Heather's Locklear and Heather Thomas and yep. Linda Carter, your favorite. Linda Carter. I forgot about her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of your favorites, right? Well, certainly now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman. That was also in the 70s, but that was just to, to see if you're on your toes. And once again, you failed. Uh, she was in White Snake videos, rat videos, married to rock stars. And she was Tom Hanks' former lover in the great movie Bachelor Party, where they killed a horse, an actual horse. Oh, I forgot about Bachelor Party. Was that Tom Hanks' first movie? It was one of his first. What a yeah, great that, was, that was a funny movie. They literally I did not killed remember a horse. She was in it. Yeah, I they remember ki- that. They killed a horse to make that film. I think they killed like four or five because they you you never get one thing you don't know, Brad. I, I have my SAG card, so I can tell you it takes several uh, sets or takes to to get a uh, to get a scene right. Mm. And so they had to kill. I think it was like nine horses. Seems like they would have gotten in trouble for that. Well, not in the eighties, buddy. Not in the eighties. It's the whole point of this fucking podcast. Also, that was a vehicle for the uh, the great Adrian Zemed, who was uh, Tom Hanks' best friend and best man in that movie. That, I don't remember him. Uh, don't well, know. you may remember him as Officer Romano from T.J. Hooker. Uh, I remember T.J. Hooker. Why was he rolling over the top of that car, the hood of that car? I mean, doesn't that expose him to gunfire? If that's Because he had a gun drawn. Well, you know, I think that's all part of the magic of television, right? You're looking for a little action, a little adventure. I'm sure uh, 
He said to himself, I'm going to slide across the top of this car. Everybody will love it. But practically, yeah, that's that's not something you typically find in the law enforcement career field. Interesting. But he solved every crime. There was nothing that went unsolved with Hooker. Well, he did it in an hour. I mean, yeah. you know, record time and good right. on him. That's what we need. Probably the greatest night of television ever, right? That Saturday night. I would usually spend it at my grandparents' house when I was in my oh-so-young salad days. You'd watch Lawrence Welk, right? Mm-hmm. And then you'd watch uh, the, the TJ Hooker, mm-hmm. The Love Boat, and then Fantasy Island. Yeah, I did not remember that they were all on the same. What night was Magnum P.I. on? That was the greatest night of my television-watching life. I oh, those Magnum were Thursdays. Thursdays. Thursday. Yeah, I loved Magnum P.I. Uh, my, my dad, my brother, and I would hunker down in the living room in front of the very heavy television sitting on a very rickety tv cart and we would watch magnum pi loved it. They, they used to have uh, another show on that night uh it was either before or after magnum pi called simon and simon remember oh yeah that? i remember that yep i do remember that they were supposed to be brothers right they're brothers one lived on yeah. a boat right exactly yeah no that, that, i did not watch that show with as much uh, you know religious zealousy as i did magnum pi but i do remember watching it now, Magnum P.I., that's going to be, we're going to have to cover that at some point on the uh, the uh, TV uh, 80s podcast, but that, that's not this show. Back to Tony Katane, um, pinup star, 80s, gone too soon, R.I.P. So next is, this is another segment with a song. The song is Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. That's 70s. I know. That's the whole point, Brad. It's about back in the 70s. The oh, okay. Well, Brad, you get a uh, special bonus song this week. That's Simon Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled H2O. Yeah, great song. Probably, well, not probably, definitely the first Simon and Garfunkel song I remember enjoying and one of the reasons why I I began to listen to them more. Great song. Um, You may be saying to yourself, as Brad did, wait a minute, that's from the 70s. Well, Brad, this week, Newsreel is taking us back to the 1970s. Oh, I like it. Hold on. I'm going to put on some bell-bottom pants. I still have a pair. Thick belts. They're they're very small because, you know, I was a child. But I'm going to try and squeeze into them. Big belt, big white belt. I have an awesome picture of the old man as a Secret Service agent in the New York office wearing bell-bottom pants, white shoes, white belt with a 38 Special strapped to his hip. Fantastic. That's, that's badass. That is badass. I'm just they telling you, open collared shirt. He's looking good. And just daring someone to find yeah, just, just, just begging him. Yep. Begging him. Get Go something ahead. on my white shoes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kill the president. I dare yeah, you. I dare you. Who would have ever thought, though, that the uh, days of Jimmy Carter would be referred to as the good old days? Well, I mean, they were good for a number of reasons with respect to the days we're now, not the least of which is the fact that the Carters were both at least four and a half feet tall in the 70s, which apparently they no longer are. They've been shrunk. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. They've been shrunk. But uh, look, we've got uh, now we're, we're about, what, uh, three, four months into the new administration. We've got Middies chaos, Israel on fire, on the brink of war, 
inflation, corn, soybeans, lumber, 150% of what it was a couple of months ago. We've got gas lines. We've got a border crisis. Taxes are going up. Uncontrolled debt. Interest rates are going up. Inflation, stagflation. The market's tanking. This pipeline thing is is troubling, right? Because what basically happened is these cyber terrorists, right, shut down the pipeline that feeds 90% of the gasoline to the southern seaboard of the United States. But what do you think Thomas Jefferson would say to the idea that the United States, in order to get 90% of the petroleum products flowing back towards the southern seaboard, would not only consider paying a ransom, but would just leave it in the hands of of some (laughs) private group in order to make that decision. Good Lord. I mean, why is someone's front door not being kicked in and their computer literally being shoved up their ass in some Russian-speaking country? I can tell you that we have people capable of doing that. And that is what should be happening. Well, and what's funny is the terrorists did apologize. They did come back and they issued an apology saying that they didn't know that the uh, actions they took were going to be um, so transformative in the United States. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, can you imagine this happening with Reagan or or, or either of the Bushes or even Clinton, no. for God's yeah. sakes? I mean, it's just, just the most no, recent. To his credit, I mean, again, I can speak to this to a certain extent. And Bill Clinton wasn't afraid to say, hey, th- these people over here, they're misbehaving. Make that stop. So this week, Brad, we're going to move on and we're going to merge uh, as, as sort of a flavor merge. You know how you you uh, combine two flavors like a fusion? Mm. Yes. We're going to we're going to fuse together this week in innovation and time machine. Oh, brought to you by IPedia, the automation of innovation, solving all of your innovation needs since 2018. So this week in innovation, wokeness, Brad. Wokeness is this week's innovative feature. Uh, Disney, Brad, Disney has come out with a PowerPoint of roughly hundreds of pages uh, telling people to take ownership of their wokeness, appreciate their wokeness, and exemplify their wokeness in everything they do. Uh, Brad, what do you think about Disney's position in this great innovation we call wokeness? Well, I, I, you know, I wish I could be surprised at it, but you can't, right? I mean, Disney is a big company and like all big companies are doing in the States today, they are, you know, falling prey to this whole notion that wokeness makes sense and you have to, you know, somehow wave your woke flag. I mean, first of all, I, I mean, again, you live in one part of the country. I live in another. Our fabulous producer, Jared, lives in yet another. When you walk down the street in your neighborhood, you don't see a lot of wokeness, right? Now, you know, maybe you go into a business, they have a little flyer out or a poster, but people are basically living the same way they always have. So one of my questions to these big companies are, what do you exactly do you think is going to happen if you were not to put out a thousand page PDF on wokeness. And what do you think is going to happen as a result of you doing that? Because if you think that these rabid woke folk are going to now just leave you alone, you're crazy. You've already bent the knee to these people. And once you do that to a fanatic, they just want the extra mile. 
Yeah, and I'm going to give you a pro-inclusion tip now. Do you want a pro-inclusion tip? I do. Um, What we should do is talk quickly about time travel because time travel promotes wokeness. And actually, one thing that you could do is you could shove half of these uh, folks into a time machine and just send them back to medieval times or, you know, the, uh, the time of the plague or, you know, that time when Harry met Sally. Just send them back and then let them go deal with that. Son of Sam, Brad, son of Sam. Yeah. Well, he's in a disadvantaged group. Psychopathic killers, I believe, are a disadvantaged group. It is. And so you have to, you know, you have to sort of try to understand them, you know, come alongside them, recognize that your natural bias against a psychopathic killer may cause microaggressions. Yeah, equality doesn't equal equity, Brett. No, clearly not. Those are two very different words, although they have similar letters. All right. Well, let's let's fire up the time machine. Let's get that going. It's going to take a minute to start up again. It's powered by primarily uh, coal-based fossil fuel. Um, but this week, Brad, uh, you and, and everyone knows the rules on Time Machine. It's where we send Brad back in time with our favorite uh, malt bre- beverage, uh, Zima. Uh, Zima, uh, one of the most refreshing drinks uh, uh, that is available now in a powder pack that you can add to your vodka directly. Uh, Zima, taking care of all your malt beverage needs since 1984. So in this case, uh, today, Brad, you're going back to 1940-02. Ah. Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. Indeed. The Oval Office. Oh, boy. FDR. There he is. General Marshall's probably in there, too, marching around. They're fighting a world war. And they're, they're entering this great debate, right, because they realize that we need – we need a spy agency, Brad, to mm. combat uh, not only the, uh, the, the the big Nazi threat and the uh, Japanese in the uh, uh, Pacific Theater, but uh, also the uh, the Soviet uh, threat uh, over there. And so, Brad, um, was you're, JFK in there with him? I mean, well, it might have been Teddy, a little JFK. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but certainly, Joseph Kennedy was long gone at this point. Old Joe, he was at Palm Beach playing golf. But uh, in any event, Brad goes back in time, four pack of Zima, and he also has three recent uh, CIA recruitment videos from modern times. He's got them loaded on an iPhone that's got plenty of charge. So uh, just a background, Brad, on these CIA recruitment videos, they are enveloping the the whole, you know, woke culture into the the, uh, CIA. What do you do? I'm going to tell him, look, Mr. President, the concept of an intelligence agency, one that gathers information and from that information produces actionable intelligence that will keep the people of the United States free and safe and prevent attacks on our domestic shores is a great idea. I suggest you implement that idea with the folks that you have available to you who will be great at it. I mean, the early days of the OSS, there was you know any number of operations that are just remarkable. People who are just remarkable sacrifices made that you know sadly I think would not be made today uh, for the larger good. And I'm going to encourage him as obviously we enjoy Azima because the, the greatest technology I brought with me clearly is not the iPhone, it's, it's the Zima. And so the president and I are, are enjoying Azima and uh, he's a gentleman, so he's offered me his handkerchief, and so I'm, I'm now, you know, much more presentable. 
And uh, we watch these videos and I say, let me try to explain, Mr. President, what's going on here. And, and this takes a while. So, that we, you know, we're going to get through all four of those Zima uh, by the time I'm able to explain how we even get to this point in the country where we have former bullied role game players now creating libraries of some such things at what will and Langley, end up Langley, being, yeah, Langley, the, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the child of the OSS, the original intelligence agency and you know and again fdr forward thinker he gets his head around this a little bit um and you know by the time we get through the zemo we've watched these things i've explained them he's got it right he's going to bring these folks in and he's going to say yes we need to create this agency uh, but we need to be wary about who we put in charge of it and we need to get some you know rules put in place around the kinds of things we're going to spend taxpayer money on in the name of actually developing actionable intelligence, which is the purpose of the CIA. Well, there it is, Brad. Another episode of time travel, in this case, melded together, fused, if you will, with This Week in Innovation, all about wokeness. Wokeness, brought to you by your current government. Yeah, wokeness, the idea of getting rid of the concept of organizing people into groups and then judging them based on their membership in those groups by organizing people into groups and judging them based on their membership. Membership in those groups, in those groups. Yeah. 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 Well, it's good, Brad. You've learned something from those Disney documents. We'll continue to test that uh, as we go into the uh, coming weeks, but for now, I'm going to delete it from my desktop. Uh, next, Brad, uh, out of the mothballs and back into the forefront is – the uh, great segment that everyone has celebrated, Relationship Rehab. And this oh, is where, fun. This is where uh, people take their relationship, bring it into us. They put it up on the, uh, the old uh, uh, car lift. They, they pick it up. And then Brad goes under the proverbial hood to tell you what's wrong with yourself and your relationship and your significant other for that matter. So Brad, are you ready? So what we do is we solicit uh, actual emails so let's get right to this. This is from Rufus Beekeeper. Dear other, love your work, especially your work on presidential poll position. Uh, my life has been thrown upside down by the horse doping scandal going on now with uh, Kentucky Derby winner Medina. Uh, I've been up close with that particular horse and I can say he slash she, very good use of pronouns. It, that's my comment. Uh, is an amazing animal, uh, very uh, subtle skin, supple skin, and a beautiful coat. It's taking a strange turn. Again, my, my comments. Uh, how could this happen to a great horse like Medina? It's clear that Mr. Beekeeper is concerned about horse doping scandals, particularly as it relates to the funky cold Medina, uh, who I take is a horse. Is that correct? Uh, Medina is the horse that won the Kentucky Derby that had some sort of, I believe, methamphetamine in his or her system. His. Yeah, that's no good. If they injected that horse with an illegal substance, then whoever's responsible for that should be brought to justice. And, you know, Mr. Beekeeper has raised an excellent point. I mean, that just should not be allowed. Yeah. It's beyond the pale, some would say. Some would. If you have any horse sense at all. 
Let's see. Horse is a horse, of course, of course. But I'll tell you what, uh, the horse should still keep that title, regardless of how much meth was coursing through his or her veins. His. Well, he still got to win the race. Anyway, Brad, there it is. Relationship uh, rehab where Brad solves uh, a relationship problem in this case that goes beyond um, humankind into the land of the, the, the horses. Um, but keep those letters coming and we'll keep on solving your relationship problems. Uh, next, Brad, Venera Chronicles. We're up to Venera 6. I hold out a lot of hope for this one. Venera 6, part of the Russian excursion to the planet Venus. Uh, I think this one is going to uh, go a little bit differently than some of the uh, some of the others. Um, well, you know uh, what they say, six times the charm. Yeah, and when you look at the analysis of Venera 6, it's a very short and sweet analysis. It was launched towards the uh, planet uh, Venus in 1969. During the descent, uh, the parachute opened. And for 51 minutes on May 17th, 1969, while the capsule was suspended from the parachute, uh, data from the atmosphere was returned. Uh, it then landed on the, uh, on, on the planet and was eviscerated by the heat. That seems to be like we're, we're getting to the point of a recurring theme. It's like a pattern. Yes. Some would call it a pattern. Uh, next, traffic and weather together on the sevens. But before we get there, Brad, your favorite, COVID Corner. First, the UK, Brad. Boris um, Johnson over in the UK has allowed uh, consensual one-night stands. That's oh, big of them. It's back. It's Thanks, back, uh, back being allowed. Um the UK has lifted the ban on one night stands and, uh, and, and they've now said that people can hook up again without regard to uh, personal hygiene or, or health or personal hygiene. I, I would actually have some respect for Boris Johnson if he did that to be funny, but I suspect that he like most politicians thinks so highly of himself that he honestly believes that people had stopped having sex at his request and, you know, we're just sort of standing by waiting for him to authorize the one night stand. I think it's more of a fiat than a request, Brad. We have to get to the most important uh, item of the day. Best for last barter band. Benefer. Benefer. Benefer is back and better than ever. Brad, you remember that the uh, the great actor Ben Affleck for a time in the early 2000s dated Jennifer Lopez, America's Sweetheart, and Spanx. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Are they back together? They're, Brad, they're back together. Jennifer Lopez has broken up with uh, Aroid. Um, ben Affleck has left his wife and his family behind and the nanny that he was sleeping with after he left them. Uh, Benifer is back better than ever. They vacationed together recently. Uh, they're holding hands in public again. They're not arguing. Hopefully, they're not going to make a film like uh, Jiggly again. Uh, but, Brad, I, I assume you're very excited about this. Well, now that I know it happened, uh, yeah, I could probably muster up some excitement. I mean, these people deserve each other, so I think they should be together. So you're saying neither barter band. You're saying encourage. Encourage. This is one of those odd situations where the public benefit is elevated by not barring or banning because it's two people who deserve each other getting each other. Well, Brad, I'm at the end of my proverbial rope at this point. We've uh, covered everything we could possibly cover. We did. That's what happens when 
you cover current events in today's world, you very quickly get to the end of the rope and you look at it at least for a second and think to yourself, should I tie a noose? But don't do it, folks. Don't do it because we'll be back in a week. You can make it a week. We'll be back in a week with another episode of IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.